Hey, welcome to Musication. It's a special where we get radio hosts and radio presenters and broadcasters from different countries, countries around the globe that are passionate about music, about culture. And the idea is to find out about these radio hosts, their personalities, their careers, what they do on the radio, and of course, their unique culture, their travel destinations and food. These are difficult times, but it's time to keep the cheer up. And I'm pleased to welcome Paola De Angelis. She's a radio presenter, a broadcaster music writer from Italy. Hey, nice to see you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good morning to you all. I want to start by talking about, I know that you your work spans two radio stations in a network, which is the RAI network. Let's start with Radio 3. What is Radio 3 about and your work on Radio 3 and in particular your program, which is called Se Gradi. Have I pronounced it right? Yeah? Perfect. Great. Perfect. Very Let's good. start with that. Okay, so RAI is the national broadcaster in Italy and they have three stations on air, one, two and three. Radio 3 is the smallest one and it's the cultural radio. So it covers a wide range of things uh, which goes from current affairs, intelligent talking and music, lots of music from classical, early music, opera, jazz and also pop and rock. So my program is in the afternoon doing drive time and it's called six degrees, say gradi, because it's loosely based on the six degrees of separation theory, which means, I don't know if you are familiar with it, Rishi. Yes, I am. <laughs> so we apply that concept to music. It means... But I'd like you to explain it to our viewers or our listeners. It basically means that every person is separated from another person by just five other degrees, right? You and five yes. other, right? Yes, yes. So if I want to reach George Clooney, for instance, I just need five other persons in the world. Everybody in the world is linked by... Actually, now with social media... It's much less. I think it's about half, maybe three or something. So if you apply this concept very creatively to music, it means that I can play Mozart, I can play Ravi Shankar, I can play Aphex Twin or Depeche Mode or the Rolling Stones or uh, Claudio Villa, who was a famous Italian singer or Luciano Pavarotti, whatever. So you never know what you're going to listen to. And this also gives me the opportunity to tell stories about music. That's beautiful. Yeah. And would you, would you, you always explain what those six degrees are, right? Yes. For example, if you've played the Beatles and then you want to play Pandit Ravi Shankar, you always explain the connection. That's what Well, that's saying. pretty obvious, that's the, obvious. the degree between, between them. But yes, uh, so I can tell maybe how George Harrison got to new Ravi Shankar or something, you know, interesting. And that's the trick of the, the program. And it's very popular. People are very happy. And one interesting thing is that once a week on Friday, the listeners send in their playlist and we play their music. Beautiful. Lovely. Yeah, so yeah, and, and they also have to stick to the theme of six degrees, right? Yes. If they go to our page, which is uh, saygradi.rai.it, you can download form where they can write all the musicians, the, the songs, and then the degrees of separation. Well, you know, maybe they need a hand, but we can help a bit to, you know, make things right. That's very exciting, Paola, because, you know, where I come from is I'm a breakfast drive time radio presenter at a commercial radio station. So, you know, there's the traffic and the weather and the stock markets and the guests and the people coming and going. It's very, very, very busy. 
And, you know, sometimes I envy the night presenter who does a genre-specific show, you know, where they can yeah. do that kind of research. Because we have to think off our feet. You know, if there's something out there, you just go yeah. boom, 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 boom. So yeah, it's actually, this is for people who take the car, drive back home. It starts at six in the afternoon. And sometimes people say, I arrived home, but I don't want to get out of the car. I want to listen to the program. And they stay in the car <laughs> until the program ends. <laughs> and that is the that is the biggest, biggest compliment can any that any radio presenter can get, right? I didn't yes. leave the car because I wanted to listen. That's that's <laughs> wonderful. So I'm so happy that you know you found your calling as far as that is concerned. Let's now talk about the other station in the network, which is Rai Radio One. And you're yeah. welcome Radio One. And if I'm not mistaken, the program is called Stereo Notte right yes yes means night stereo or something like that um that's a very historical program which started back in the 80s and was sort of a revolution because live at night and there were the best music journalists in italy and each had one hour and a half and they played all kind of beautiful music so it was really yeah a revolution on air in italy and now the program is on again i do it just once a week it starts one thirty a.m <laughs> graveyard shift <laughs> <laughs> yeah but now we have podcasts so people can listen the day after or whenever they want and in that case i can play the music i like absolutely free so this wow. week, for instance, I'm going to celebrate 40 years of Sandinista by The Clash. And then in the second part, we're going to have a best of 2020 with some friends who tell me uh, which is their favorite album. So, But I can do whatever I like. Or maybe a few weeks ago, I did a program on which was very successful on TV series music. So playing music from Breaking Bad, from the Queen's Gambit or, yeah. The Crown is a great soundtrack, yeah. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. I will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, Paola, that, that's quite beautiful that as a DJ, you're still thinking of a lot of uh, of the music that you're going to play out on the radio. Because as you know, with, with a lot of commercial stations, now there are music managers, or, you know, especially the top 40 radio stations. And I'm sure Italy has that too. You know, you have these big top 40 radio stations, the current hits, the CHR stations, where the music manager actually dictates the playlist. I'm sure you have friends working there. Yes, yes. I know I've never done that kind of stations. Maybe when I worked for Radio 2 many years ago, about 20 years ago, of course, we had a playlist but now with radio 3 radio 3 doesn't have a playlist at all uh, wow. radio 1 has but during the day and at night i can play whatever i want which is a privilege you're right i know you're envious <laughs> I am. Totally. <laughs> yeah, but, but then but then how many people listen to you rishi <laughs> well, how many you know, millions <laughs> well mumbai is a city of 21 million and well at last count, it was anywhere between eight and nine million. So, you know, it's a, it's population. <laughs> That's all it is, you know? Yes, I know. I know. Uh, well, the, the figures for Radio 1 and Radio 3 are very, very different. Yeah, I can imagine. No, but it's, it's beautiful. So let me get this straight now. You have translated Nick Cave's lyrics, yes. which is uh, the Australian singer. He's from Melbourne, right? Yes. What would be your favorite Nick Cave lyric that you've translated? And what is it about his writing? that is really sp spoken to you? That's a tough question. <laughs> Let me start by saying that maybe today Nick Cave is the equivalent of Leonard Cohen. Wow. He's, he's Cohen, is his, a poet. Cohen is a poet, yeah. 
I'm Nick Cave too. He's just done an album recently uh, called Idiot Prayer, uh, which he recorded by himself in an empty auditorium, just he and his piano. And so there were new versions of his songs done in a very, well, in a, way, in a simple way. But the interpretation put the lyrics into highlights. So because just voice and piano, you really listen to the lyrics. And there's a song from an album from the beginning of the, what was I think, 2000 maybe, or maybe even, maybe 98, called Botman's Call. And there's a song called Brompton Oratory. And he writes, forlorn and exhausted by the absence of you. And I think every person who's been in love and who has either lost his beloved or is separated, knows very well that when you miss somebody, sometimes you feel tired because of this. It's the absence of the other person that you long for can f- make you feel exhausted and very miserable. Now, I see you are becoming very serious. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's quite beautiful. You know, because I can understand being forlorn, you know, because of the lack of love or that one special one going away. But I've never had anybody describe it to me as an exhausting process. But you're right. I mean, it is quite exhausting to be away from somebody that you, you know, pine for constantly. You know, it can, it can be very draining and exhausting. You're right. Yeah. That, anyway, he started as a punk musician. And now he has evolved into a sort of contemporary Lena Cohen. So I discovered him around 94, 95. And then they asked me to translate the lyrics because of, you know, the booklets inside the CD. So the, the record company thought that to promote Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, it would be interesting for Italians who usually don't speak a very good English, at least in the 90s, to have the translation. And so I did it for a couple of albums. And then I translated one of his books, King Inc., second volume. And then I met him a few times for interviews. So sometimes I talk to him. (laughs) I mean, by myself. (laughs) Because now, you know, um, he has a very open dialogue with his fans. He has started a sort of a newsletter called Red Hand Files. And people can ask him questions, any sort of question. And he answers. So he's a constant presence in his fans' lives. I mean, he's not just the remote rock star that you just see in concert. He's somebody you can talk to. And when you Um, first met him to interview him, did it exceed your expectations? Or were you a little disappointed? Or was it just a sublime experience? Can you describe that? It was a sort of a dream because he was in London. And the record company had booked the flight. So I went to London and came back on the same day which was exhausting. And the next day when I woke up, I said, did I dream of that or was it real? It was a very funny experience. And he was in a sort of a Tudor hotel room. There was a fireplace. There was, you know, ancient bed. And he was very serious, I think, because he had just come out of rehab clinic. And so he was dressed in jacket, tie, and he sold it pieces of paper I had with my questions and he was scared. He said, you have that many questions. But he was pretty, he's a very polite person and very humane as well. That's wonderful. You've written a book on Nick Drake. Nick Drake, whose life was very short-lived. 
I mean, uh, he had so much to give to the planet and to the music world, but unfortunately, that's what life is. You know, it's so unpredictable. Tell us a little bit about your book on Nick Drake and what really prompted that. Again, in that case, I was asked by a publisher in Italy, and I said yes before I could say no. That's something I've learned to do in my life. If I think too much, I would tend to say no, I can't do that. That's too difficult. And then I said, yes. Do I have the book here? No, it's in the other room. Nitrick was an extraordinary musician. He was, well, actually, he was born in Rangoon. In Burma. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Because, well, you know, at those times, British Empire. So his father worked there. And then he, they went back uh, because of the war. And uh, they went back to the UK in 1948. So they went back. He was very little, just a little child. And of course, his father wanted him to be an engineer like he was. And Nick Drake loved music. So he started to play when he went to college. And then he gave up college and he decided he wanted to be a musician. So he published three albums. He was a an excellent guitar player, really. His guitar lines are impossible to copy. He was a perfectionist. He was very influenced by any kind of, you know, music, jazz music, world music, all the new tunings they were developing at the time, maybe inspired by Afghan music, Moroccan music, whatever. And from a lyrical point of view, he was very inspired too by the romantic poets. I think his closer connection is with John Keats. His favorite poet was William Blake. And his music is just magic. He's really, he has a very soft voice. So it seems that he's singing into your ears when you listen. That's beautiful. And does the book trace his life journey, his music? No, the book is called Journey to the Stars, is in Italian, and it's a study on his lyrics. Mm. So trying to see the connections, like I said, with other English poets or singers, songwriters. He loved Bob Dylan, for instance. So I analyzed, I studied all his lyrics. Wow. That's wonderful. I want to come to Robert Wyatt now. I mean, this is an English singer-songwriter who had what would people would say was a bit of a tragic life, but he doesn't obviously view it so because in in the 1970s he had an accident, he became a paraplegic, and that, you know, spurred him on and he had a 40-year solo career. So, I believe you write for a publication called Il Manifesto and yeah. you've done some really interesting pieces on Robert Wyatt and Nick Cave, who you just told us about. So I'd like you to speak about Robert Wyatt now and, and what you've written about him. I've just written a few articles about him. The latest one you're referring to is about a book of lyrics, collected lyrics, written by him and by his wife, Alfie Benge, who is the lyricist for many of his albums. The first time I spoke with him, the only one, was a few years ago. We had a very long telephone conversation and it was marvelous. It was one of the best moments in my life. He is such a wonderful person, so kind, so witty, so learned, so humane. And you're right, he, he had an accident in, at the beginning of the 70s. He fell off a window because he was on acid, I think. So um, he had to change completely his life. He was a drummer, so he gave up drumming and he plays trumpet and he sings. He has a beautiful voice, really, and he's a visionary. He writes beautiful lyrics. And the story of his life is also interesting for this partnership with his wife, Alfie Benge, who is also an artist and she draws, she makes all the cover art of the albums. And they've been together so long. They say in the, in the preface of the book, Jarvis Cocker, the English 
musician says that that's real socialism. Socialism as a way of life, of sharing, not just as a political creed. Uh, because they've had very tough times, problems with alcohol. You know how life is, 50 years together. And there is a song, Just As You Are, which Alfie wrote. And she speaks on her behalf and from Robert's point of view. So, and it's a dialogue between a man and a woman. And, wow. and then they love each other just as they are. And it's beautiful. That's lovely. Now, currently, I believe you've dived in heavily into translating Viv Albertine's biography. Now, Viv was a guitar player in the punk rock group, The Slits. What can we look forward to as far as that is concerned? And sometimes you read the book once and then you read it a second time while you're translating it. So have you had many reads of the original autobiography? What is it that you love about Viv and uh, The Slits uh, and her life? She's an extraordinary woman. Yeah, you're right. Translating is a labor of love because you know that you will always be imperfect because you cannot just make it the same from one language to the other. And English and Italian are so different. So it's really a labor of love. And Vibs Albertine's autobiography is called Clothes, 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 Music, 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 Boys, 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 which is what her mother used to say to her that she was only thinking about clothes, music and voice and she didn't want to study. The book is very interesting because it's sort of divided into two parts. The first part it's Bib as a musician. Well, since she was a child and she then became a musician for a short period of her life. And she tells the story of the punk movement from the inside. So her best friends were the Clash, the Sex Pistols, this kind of people she went out. And it really makes you feel the atmosphere of those years. So even her passion for clothes, it was not something, you know, superficial. It was a way of life. It was really important. And then the Slits, one of the first female punk group, really revolutionary because they, you know, they had never been female groups. You know, only boys played guitar, right. uh, were on a stage making music. So, and they were very outrageous, the way they were dressed, the way they, they sang. Then the group splits and she does something else. She has to reconstruct her career. So she goes back to school. She goes into television and cinemas. And then life goes on. She has to fight cancer. She had to, you know, face a divorce. You know, the things of life. And the book becomes quite tragic at times so it starts in a way it develops into something else but it's a very powerful human life experience you know what i mean rishi yeah. it's a big book and now they're going to make a tv series about it yeah they should they should yeah uh, what, what is the autobiography called what is viv albertine's autobiography in in english called i'm not sure about the order of the words because uh i think it's clothes 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 music 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 boys 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 it could be <laughs> in a different order <laughs> yeah in italian in italian we are going to to use it just once because repetitions are, don't sound very, sound very good well no in italian uh, so you, boys, you're only going to check. call it. You're only going to call it clothes, so, books, and boys. <laughs> Is that what you're going to call it? it? No, not books. So it's clothes, 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 music, clothes. music, music, boys, boys, boys. So we're going to call it vestiti, uh, musica, ragazzi. Ah, good. <laughs> Italian sounds so lovely when you speak. It's amazing.
Okay, now, you know, because we play, you know, commercial pop music, I'm just very keen to know that in your country, in Italy, what are the top five, you know, no, in no particular order. We're not asking you to go five, four, three, two, one, but just commercial pop songs that are popular in Italy for our listeners and our viewers to get a sense of what Italians are listening to. Because I, I really believe that if it's commercial pop, I believe the planet has one taste. <laughs> you can have people like you who are into alternative music and, you know, slightly left off the middle. But as far as the commercial stuff is concerned, you know, we're more or less one world, aren't we? So I asked you to speak to your friends and colleagues in other stations of the network who play commercial pop songs. So I'd like you to just name them for me and then uh, I can react to whether, you know, we're playing them in India or not. Okay, um, there, there is one song, when I get into my car and I turn the radio on, there is one song that I always, always listen to, no matter what time it is. And I ignored the title and the name until you asked me to find out <laughs> the top five. So it's Purple Disco Machine, Hypnotized. It's really old school disco, isn't it? I mean, it reminds you of crystal balls and going to a, a, a discotheque and grooving to some Donna Summer and things like that. It's very Maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> the purple disco machine hypnotized. That is very, very cool. Okay, so what else are your friends playing or what else do you hear on the radio when you switch it on? Dua Lipa, Levitating. Amazing. So I'll tell you, Dua Lipa and Katy Perry, just before the pandemic hit, they were in India for a concert. And one of our big sports, like, you know, Italians love football, Indians love cricket. And our cricket stadiums are massive. You know, we have 30, 40, sometimes 50, 60,000 people in a cricket stadium. And Dua Lipa opened for Katy Perry. And this was in a cricket stadium, which had about 42,000 people. So wow. uh, I'm sure you wouldn't be one of those in the, the stadium, but <laughs> if you give it a chance, but you know, the kids just went crazy. So she's really, really popular in India and obviously in Italy too, amongst the youth. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, she, they are. Uh, and then we have The Weekend in Your Eyes. <laughs> That's an all per- pervasive song. So The Weekend is a Canadian artist who calls himself The Weekend, you know, so okay. it might... Uh, it might interest you. Just like you've told me about all these wonderful people, Nick Cave and Nick Drake. You know, this is my time to tell you. So The Weeknd, <laughs> he's a Canadian artist. You know, he's black and he calls himself The Weeknd. And he's had some really amazing hits. And In Your Eyes is one of those hits. So, uh, you know, on Top 40 Radio around the world, rock, rocking it up. And, and you know, these Canadian boys, whether it's Drake, whether it's The Weeknd or Justin Bieber, have really taken over the commercial pop market. Uh, Paola, what else can I say? Yeah. Okay, next. Uh, okay, Miley Cyrus, I know her. Midnight Sky. Well, Midnight Sky is on heavy rotation on Indian radio stations and commercial pop stations. Also, because for a lot of 90s generation people, Miley's dad, Billy Ray Cyrus, was a huge country music artist. So uh, everybody grew up listening to uh, Don't Take My Heart, My Achy Breaky Heart, which is a Billy Ray Cyrus country song. And Miley's his daughter, who's doing very well for herself. A little bit of a controversial figure. But yeah, that's great. Wonderful. It's playing on, on Italian radio. And but can we have... Yeah, sorry, you were saying? She, she was a Walt Disney star she was absolutely she was a disney star you're right and uh, then just she like grew justin, up. yeah and then she grew up just like justin timberlake and okay. uh, all of these others one um, more song please one more commercial song that plays on italian radio medusa lose control medusa lose control and there's this whole electronic pop vibe so there were djs like david guetta marshmallow these guys would play electronic music you know the stuff that's played at raves and parties 
and now they've got into mainstream music okay. so you know artists like sia uh, artists like alicia cara selena gomez dua lipa are all collaborating with electronic dance music DJs to create mainstream pop and uh, Medusa Loose Control is pretty much in that zone so <laughs> thank just, you for explaining to me <laughs> <laughs> well you did such a beautiful job explaining all those wonderful artists to me Robert White and Nick Caves and actually it, it makes me want to go back and listen to those artists you know and I will I definitely will what fascinates you about India I know you've never visited you told me on the email but I'm sure such a well read person you are you're so knowledgeable what is it that fascinates you about india what are you expecting what do you wanting to discover from your travels here and you do have friends in italy who are indian yes yes so i haven't come to india but india has come to us you know the closest i came to india was when i went to sri lanka which i think it's about 1500 kilometers from mumbai yes, so it's more yes. or less like rome and london so and in many countries in between so well india for us italy is a small country so India is a subcontinent it's huge so it's so different the first thing that uh, put us in contact with india was food because we have great indian communities in italy and in rome and in rome's region so i think the first contact i had apart from yoga was with food we have many indian restaurants and they can be from kashmir from punjab from other places in india and we do love indian food it's so so good so thank you <laughs> for yoga and for food i know that when i say these things it's exactly like when people talk about italy and they say pavarotti spaghetti pizza mandolino you know but that's what people get from very far away yeah. and i don't think it's bad i don't think it's bad so i think maybe one of the first places i would go to is kerala Ah beautiful it's called god's own country Exactly yeah. for that because i know that it's so green and beautiful and rich the food is fantastic and also because when i practice some yoga school had their you know teacher there in kerala so they always went there and i wanted to go too and i think well it would be a long trip to india because you can't come for just one week maybe yeah. you, you must yeah. say three weeks maybe even more a month and it would be you know you have to prepare for a voyage like that because you know the itinerary and go somewhere it would be wonderful to have a whole tour from the mountains down to the coast and experience music i would like to go to music festivals as well that's what really attracts me in a place to discover music and see live musicians and dancing well lovely and regarding the indian community in the place where my parents houses which is south of rome there is actually a big indian community it could be around 20000 people and mo- because it's an agricultural region and most of them are sikh from punjab and in the place exactly where my parents live which is called ansio which is a place maybe you know because of the second world war there was the landing of the allied forces there there is a community of a few thousand people and some of them we've known them for many many years and they are really like family to us davinder 
that, which we call Deva because Indian names are so long. And then his nephews, uh, Ravinder, Sorinder. And really, Deva is like a brother to me. We've known him for so many years. He was a f- close friend of my mother. He kept her company. He's really important to us. And what I really like is the fact that this community is so well organized. They have their religious leaders. And I think that's important because when you leave from you live very far from home. If there is a community, you keep your contact with your mother country and you feel safe because living in a foreign place, you can feel homesick, you miss your family, you miss your culture. So if you have a community, it's a sort of a safety net around you. So what they do being sick is that every year they have this celebration at spring, which if I'm not wrong, is called Vaisaki. Vaisaki, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And they have this beautiful procession. And at first, when they first organized it, it was strange for us because people didn't know. But now I think many Italian people take part into it. So there's this beautiful, beautiful, colorful procession along the streets. And they have their, you know, religious symbols, etc. Then they have food. It's a big gathering with thousands of people, music. The mayor of Anzio takes part. The Indian ambassador, too, he takes part. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's beautiful because it's very joyous. We have, you know, Catholic processions, but this is so different. It's more joyous and colorful because it's, you know, spring celebration. And so we really like that. Yeah, that's very beautifully described. And, you know, often uh, Punjabis, people from the Punjab are like Greeks. You know, they're very boisterous and, you know, full of joy and things like that. So it's wonderful how, you know, in a lot of ways, this planet is so bound together by by things like that. And uh, it's wonderful that you have this bustling Sikh community in uh, in Italy. How tough has the COVID-19 pandemic been for Italy, Paola? And, uh, you know, your idea as a radio host is always to try and make it a little better for anybody who's listening. Uh, to you. So how radio and radio hosts have reacted and helped during the COVID-19 pandemic in Italy? Well, as you know, we've been hit very hard from the the pandemic. And in March, we had a very strict lockdown, which lasted, uh, I think, until May. And during the lockdown, the first weeks, six degrees went on replicas. So the the radio was almost shut because they had to reorganize uh, themselves. And so it was tough not to go, not to be on air for two weeks. uh, And I knew it was bad for listeners too. Because people tune in, they want to listen to music, to your voice, which is so familiar to them and can really uplift them and make things sound a little bit more normal in very hard times. A few weeks ago, we reached the record figure of 1,000 dead in one day, which is really bad, really bad. And even these days, we have something like 500, 600. So I don't know why the figures are so high in Italy. There's a lot of discussion, a debate going on. It also depends on how other countries count the victims. So we don't have the same, you know, criteria, maybe. Now we've had the second waves and we are in a semi-lockdown. But this time they did it better because they divided Italy into regions according to the number of infected people. So yellow, orange and red. Um, Rome's region is yellow. But this means that all over Italy, cinemas, theatres, museums are closed, restaurants in yellow regions are open only at lunchtime and then they are open for takeaway in the evenings. Schools are open until the sixth grade for 11 years old. 
you know, from six to 11 years, and then they're closed and they study from home. Many people are in smart working. Room looks sometimes like a ghost city. It's really sad, especially because Christmas is coming and the streets are empty, the shops are empty, and there's a general feeling of sadness, of depression, of, you know... So the, the pandemics now is under control because of this semi-lockdown of these new measures, and, you know, the vaccine is very close very near we hope but it's going to be a very different christmas very different christmas. yeah what can we do except be optimistic and uh, keep the you know keep our spirits up but have you been going to the radio station or do you do a program from home do you have a software at home and you broadcast yes. from home yes now during the second wave i am allowed to go to the station once a week just to keep in touch because i miss the studio so much otherwise we broadcast from home all radio 3 is broadcasting from home we have two different ways either we have uh, yeah console at home which is called uh codec quantum and extremely good quality you really can't hear the difference from the radio or an app on the mobile with uh, headphones and microphone and that's good as well it's a bit less stable but it's really good of course you have to get used that i don't like broadcasting from home it's very stressful for me i would like to go to the studio but our director uh, is really very, very strict because safety is more important than the quality of our voices or what happens on air. And then we know what is happening. So if something you know goes wrong, it's okay. Is there a producer who puts the songs in later or uh, do you have the software at home just to insert the songs? No, no, it's live. I can broadcast Absolutely live. live. Wonderful. So, yes, yes. So they can talk to me and I can hear them or we can communicate on WhatsApp or whatever. And then yeah, we, we do it live. It's okay. Fantastic. Love and then uh, Six Degrees uh, Segrad is not a difficult program because I talk... I, you know, there's music and then I talk about, they can broadcast from home very complicated programs with many guests, uh, etc. So we've become very good at it Tech savvy. after all these months. <laughs> Your career in radio, I mean, I'd like to know how you got into it. I mean, considering that you also write, you translate, how early did you get into radio or did you discover it later in your life, Paola? Tell us about that. You know, I think it's thanks to my uncle because when I was 18 years old, I really liked radio and music and I had this dream of maybe becoming a DJ, but I was shy and my uncle literally took me to the nearest registration <laughs> and I got introduced and then they were looking for new DJs, new voices. So I did an audition and I happened to have a very, you know, sweet, reassuring, maybe sexy voice. Uh, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started in this commercial radio in Anzio and then um, I came to Rome and I auditioned for a radio in Rome, which was a very, very good one with all the brand new music, lots of jazz music, the best music journalists in town, really. And from that, I graduated to Rye, but it took some time because I, at the time we had tapes, since I'm very ancient. <laughs> and they listened to it, but then they didn't call me. So a few years passed, and then they asked me to do a program. So I went from this registration in Rome, a private, politically committed registration, to Radio 1. <laughs> and I still remember how I felt that day, because I started my program soon after the football ah. uh, program. <laughs> 
So you imagine millions of Italians listening to Radio One and then come this little voice, very, you know, emotion. <laughs> and, and then I was used to do everything by myself in the private radio station, you know, playing music, the CDs, the commercials, the everything. And in uh, Radio One, I had to sit in the studio, do nothing. And they were doing all the rest. It was really weird at the beginning. Uh, and then I learned to relax and to concentrate on, you know, what you need to say. And, and then I worked for Radio 2, the very early morning program, starting at 6. And then I went to Radio 3 with a sort of um, logical evolution, I think, of my radio career. I'm very happy. I've been working there for 10 years. And this new program uh, with Radio 1 really makes me happy because it's an, another aspect. I can do something different. Uh, six Degrees as a formula, which is very exciting and interesting. And I discover new music all the time. So it's very enriching. For Radio 1, I choose the music uh, without any format. And I'm really, you know, the host. And that's my house. I play what I like and you listen. <laughs> What fun. Amazing. Listen, an, an Italian music artist, somebody who sings in Italian, who's got a big hit and is doing very well. Uh, would you introduce him to us, please? <laughs> yeah, he's a very interesting character. He's called Gali, Gali. and he's an Italian rapper. Uh, he was born in Milan from Tunisian parents, but he was raised by his mother because his father went to prison. He is now 27 years old. And he's not what many American rappers are, you know, homophobic, they uh, hate women, totally different. For instance, Gali supports the LGBT community. Uh, musically, he says he's influenced by Michael Jackson, by Strome, who is a Belgian singer-songwriter. And Gali has been praised for his style, for his literary style. Uh, so he's really very good. And also, it's funny because being of Tunisian origins, when he sings in Italian, he has an accent from Milan. Oh. So you would think he's a Milanese boy. When he sings in French, he has an accent from Maghreb, Northwest Africa, because Tunisia. When he sings in Tunisian, he sounds Italian <laughs> to them. <laughs> So I think he's really a child of these times. That's very interesting. Is there a song of his that you'd like to recommend to us, which will kind of give him, give us an insight uh, into, into Gali? On There's the one YouTube. that you, you sent me called Good Times. Which yeah, I exactly. I want uh, to say that. Uh, also, Barcelona is very popular one. But Good Times, I think, is the one uh, we should play. Yeah, good times. Toasting the good times. It's been a tough time. People have not been able to travel in the pandemic, Paola. But now the good news is once the vaccine is out and the flights start, people are going to start traveling. And you know, Indian tourists love Italy. I'd like some um, some travel recommendations in your country and some food recommendations. Where do you think people should go if they... Indians who are coming into Italy, what are the places you would like to suggest, please? One thing I know for sure is that Indian people really like the northern lake regions because it's so picturesque. 
Lake Como, Lake Garda. And I think maybe Bollywood wants to go there too. Yeah. <laughs> see, it's really spectacular. So that's a very popular destination with Indian people in the north. You know, Italy, the morphology of the country is very varied because we have big mountains in the north. We have mountains all across the peninsula. We have beautiful, beautiful beaches all around, especially in what is the hill of the peninsula. Puglia. If you go to Puglia, some beaches really look like Maldives, wow. really. Indian Ocean, yes, yes. And the food is spectacular there. So I think, yes, go to the lakes region. And then, of course, the main cities, Venice, Florence, Rome. Naples is a very popular destination because this city, which is famous sometimes for the wrong reasons, Naples has totally transformed itself in these latest years. So the re tourism is really big there. It's a very fascinating city, beautiful museums, beautiful sites like Pompeii, Ercolano. And I think the best food is there. It is cheap. It's very genuine. You can really taste pizza, spaghetti, fish, desserts. I mean, you really get fat if you spend a week in <laughs> Naples. <laughs> and what else? There's a city I really like, which is Trieste, up in the north, in the northeast. I like it because it doesn't look like Italy. It's very middle European. It's similar to Vienna or to the continental cities. It's a city of big squares, of tall palaces, beautiful cafe culture. It's close to Venice, but further east. And I like the islands, like a small group of islands which belongs to Sicily, the Aeolian Islands, where we have volcanoes. Sardinia, its beautiful beaches. Tuscany, with these mm. sweet, round hills, excellent wines. Actually, the wine cultures now is all over Italy. Tuscan wines used to be very well known, like uh, wines from the northern region. But now Sicily as well has wonderful wines that grows. The vines grows on the Etna, on the volcano, some of them. So wine experience, if you're into wines, could be... Yeah, sort of a topic for your itinerary in Italy, too. That's beautiful. You've given us a beverage itinerary, a tourism itinerary, as well as, you know, the road less traveled kind of itinerary. I'm happy as long as I get my panna cotta. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you come to Rome, you should try the tiramisu. You know, yeah, tiramisu, of course, yeah. lift me up. Yeah, uh, that's very rich. Yeah, well, I didn't mention Rome now that I think about it because I live here. So I take everything from for granted. Yes. When I go to work, I pass by the Colosseum. I don't even look at it. Sometimes say, Paula, just look where you live. This is the most amazing city in the world. Rome is really beautiful. Chaotic, but really, really beautiful. And if you want to come to Rome, I recommend coming in April, May, September, October. Those are the best months. And in, in terms of food, everybody just says pasta, pizza. But like you said, you know, the tiramisu and the panna cotta is just amazing. Anything else that's an Italian delicacy that people must ask for? Well, pasta is not just spaghetti. Correct. Pasta can be lasagne, which are, you know, different layers of pasta with meat, cheese, whatever. Tortelli, you know, the kind yeah. of field pasta that you have mostly in Emilia-Romagna. I'm not a vegetarian, so I don't eat much meat. So um, I don't recommend that. But I, I do eat fish and that's really nice too. 
from fried fish to the what we call the blue fish, you know, sardines, anchovies, which is very good for your health too. I mean, I could live on pasta and vegetables actually. <laughs> No, that's good. Those are great recommendations, even in the ones on fish. Listen, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for sparing the time, for being patient and answering all my questions and giving me an insight into your broadcasting life, Italian broadcasting, and uh, also wonderful uh, nuggets of travel and your culture and food. So, uh, well, viva la Italia and uh, hope to see you soon in your India trip. Thank you very much, Paola. Bye-bye. Thank you, Rishi. Thank you. Bye, everybody.